This is The Playbook. <laughs> David! Hey, Rick. What's hey, up, baby? Hey, baby, what's going on? All right, I got a big treat for you. I know we're right before the 4th of July. My co-host and partner, Rick Macy, he had a skill set that a lot of people don't know about. I mean, Serena and Venus and Roderick and Capriati, they know his normal skill set. But there's no better co-host of introductions than the incredible middle-aged white rapper himself, the rhyme master, super rhyme maker. Others get deaf as the others get faker. Rick Macy, show your stuff to my friend, Chris Gardner. Well, before I dive in, Chris, listen, it, what we call this is common threads. We've had so many people on here, you know, athletes, motivational speakers. We've had so many people on here with common threads. But I'm telling you right now, you're the leader in the clubhouse. There's so many common threads. This is going to blow you away. And normally, I kind of read it off the screen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep this in my hand because mm -hmm. this is close to my heart. Because after mm -hmm. studying you, okay, I I'm just blown away. So fasten your seatbelt. Mm -hmm. This gardener plants seeds like no other, life-changing words from your mother. You had a plan and a dream, Betty Jean, quarterback of your team. When Serena's mom spoke, it was no joke. At kitchen table, she didn't talk stroke. Wired secure of a button. Everybody listened, even E.F. Hutton, all right? DM's mom, number one Meltzer, putting up with him. Had to take a daily Elka seltzer. Karen is Akron's favorite mother. DM Akron's favorite brother. Number two, pursuit of happiness. A box office winner. Discussed at every dinner. Will Smith was great. No debate. He delivered Oscar-worthy freight. King Richard, mind-boggling plan in all the land. Wilbur perfected Richard's rap. Jesus Christ, even his slap, all right? Jerry Maguire, the agent with fire, world-class liar, Tom Cruise, very funny, DM, now collecting money, all right? Number three, I can't, listen, Chris, I can't make these threads up. Mom, sharecropper's daughter, Louisiana, the state, her fiber made you great, 100,000 public school kids now beam because CG gave them permission to dream. Richard's mom, sharecropper, Louisiana the state, he told me brutal hate. His mom made him believe he could achieve. Compton had to leave. 78-page plan up RW's sleeve. David has absolutely nothing to do with sharecropper but trades shares and is a margin stopper. DM is the best, little rest, everybody's favorite guest. Number four, a former stockbroker, never mediocre, motivational stoker, best-selling book, world took a look, everybody's pick, available now, even in Arabic, all right? Serena's opponents, never broker, she is a goat, like Novak Joker, laser focus, always fought. Serena Jamika Williams, the nicest, meanest kid I ever taught. All right. And the last one, 
Akron's finest, a stock poker, better at predictions than Al Roker, okay? The world's best gardener, ready to mow, is a true honor to have Chris on our show. Let's go. Let's go, brother. Let's hey, tee it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to call Jay-Z right now. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call... Give me Jay-Z on the phone. <laughs> Give me Quincy Jones. Give me somebody. Yeah. Man. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. I wasn't ready for that, bro. Now, before we get started, when you go in these public schools, if you're ever in South Florida and you want the daily double and I'm available, I'd love to jump in there. I could tell I could listen, I could tell I could tell stories about these two little girls from Compton that would make you laugh and cry and jump through the sky. So keep that in your head. But let's get to show on the road with the great David Meltzer. Well, well, yeah. let's do this, man. And let, let me say this, David, before you say a word about coming to South Florida. I am so looking forward to that. We are about to have a fourth quarter like Kobe in the playoffs. I'm probably going to do 200 schools virtually and in person in the fourth quarter. Okay. Right. And this whole thing, man, is about making an investment in the future of our country. I heard you guys earlier talking about well, what does freedom mean to you and this whole idea of independence. We are trying to put young people onto a career path that will allow them to create generational wealth in their families for the first time in history, okay? So this whole idea, man, uh, couldn't be a better day, couldn't be a better time. And, but that introduction, look, you got to go with me everywhere I go. <laughs> I told you, man. You up, man. Come on, G. Oh, Macy man. is fire. And uh, I would say, I want to start out. Uh, Chris Gardner is one of the most humble leaders I've ever met. I'm going to tell a quick story uh, because the way that Chris and I met is illustrative of what he teaches. Uh, obviously, there's two lines that he always told me. And he said it on my TV show again, which was, what do you want to be? The guy that signs the front of the check or the back of the check? And then he gave me a more inspiring. I said, Chris, why are you going to do 200 schools in a quarter? You can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do. Talk about freedom. And you've earned it, my friend. But why would you want to do this? And he said, because our bench is deep. Ooh. Our bench is deep in America. And we got to make sure that, that we are maturing this bench for our future, David, and too many people discount our bench as if we don't have a lot of young players to draw up to the big leagues. And Chris is out there every day, multiple times a day uh, with that. And I'll tell you why he's the guy to do it. Chris and I try to buy uh, the Atlanta Hawks. That's how I met him. And although there is only one Chris Gardner in my heart, there's many in my address book. And uh, I just have a lot of people. There's more than one David Meltzer in my address book. So I get him in the call, and he, and he was presented to me as a financial planner, a guy who was connected to money, and we were raising hundreds of millions of dollars together to buy the Hawks. And he, I, at the time, had just written a book in 2013, and my ego was not in the same place as it is today, and it certainly wasn't in the same place as Chris's because – the guys were like, Chris, you got to read Dave's book. And he was so gracious. Oh, tell me about it, Dave. And I said, you know, I'll even send you a copy, Chris. I'll sign it, 
send it to you, pay for shipping and the book, my friend. Let me send that out to you. And he's like, I would love to read your book. And then at the very end of the conversation after the business, I said, oh, by the way, I had written a book in the past. Would you mind if I send that out to you as well, my friend? I said, oh, yes, of course. You know, and I'm thinking my connected to goodness compared to this Chris Gardner's, you know, financial legacy pamphlet. You know, I can't wait to see his, his financial advice. Anyway, I get a FedEx package the next day. Right. I send mine ground. Right. I get a FedEx package the next day with a signed copy of Pursuit of Happiness, a, a Will Smith signed DVD, because that's what people watched back then. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. This guy is the king. And he has just put me into the jester position of humility. And I said, I need to learn from Chris Gardner about leadership and to be an intelligent follower. And I'm going to go and, and get better at what I do so I can impact as many people uh, that Chris Gardner has in the way that he has with humility. Chris, I had to tell the story. How important is humility in your story? Because I know you and I both uh, have worked on our humility uh, to get to where we are today and inspire other people with the same. It is the most incredible asset. It is something that you will see as some of the most powerful people in the world. I will never forget, David, meeting people, Nelson Mandela, uh, the Pope, uh, the most powerful people in the world, but also the quietly most humble people in the world. And they want to know you. They don't want to talk about themselves or what they're doing or what they've done. Tell me about you. What are you doing? And both times, both instances, both asked, how can I help you? Hmm. How can I help you? And David, for me right now, that whole idea of how can I help you that's all about making an investment in the future of this country. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing in public schools right now. Um, I'm always, so it tickles me the reaction that I get from young people when I say to them, honestly, look, Oprah Winfrey and I are the same age, same zodiac sign, and went to the same elementary school. How do we know the next Chris Gardner, the next Oprah, the next Rick, or the next David is not coming and going out of these same school doors all across America right now? The truth of the matter is they are. My job is to let them know that they can. Hence, permission to dream. Uh, Rick, you mentioned my mom. <clears throat> my mom gave me this permission to dream by telling me Son, you can do it, be anything. And I believed it. And I have to share with you, very importantly, what she did not say. She did not say that you could have anything. She did not say that you could buy anything. She did not say that you're guaranteed a shirt, order, entitled to anything. She said that you could do or be anything. And for me, man, that was an even bigger statement because if you can do or be anything, all this other stuff will come. So this whole idea of permission to dream and what can be done. There's no shortage of places telling folks what they cannot do. I'm saying what can be done has got to be as much a part of the conversation as what cannot be done. 
So what no. we're doing right now in schools, man, I don't want to get long-winded on this, David, but I got to tell you this, and we're going to share this with you. I will never forget being a little boy at Lee Street Elementary School where I heard John F. Kennedy's inauguration speech where he asked that big immortal question of, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That was January 29th, 1961. Now, why I remember that date, I don't know. David, I cannot tell you what I had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that date, right? And this time right now, the space that we're in, uh, this whole idea of what can be done. And not just talking to young people, David, talking to people of our generation. And I'm always asking people the same question. What is the expiration date on your dream? And who put it there? Whoa. Now, David, now, now you put it on me. That, that makes me uncomfortable. Wait a minute. Who put this expiration date on my dream? Well, you did. Yeah. You did. So are you going to change it? Or are you just going to let it go? So this is an exciting time, David. I got to tell you, honestly, look, man, I have worked out once this morning. And the only reason I'm dressed very casually, I'm getting ready to go back to the gym right now for my second workout of the day because I'm getting ready for the fourth quarter, baby. Yeah. It's the fourth quarter. I own the fourth quarter. I own that. You ain't going to beat me in the fourth quarter, okay? But it's not about me, David. Rick, it's not about me. It's about young people all across our country. And I got to tell you something, man. I started this tour, David. I've been from coast to coast. I'm talking, I started in a little place called Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Fairmont, Minnesota. Mentor, Ohio. Biloxi, Mississippi. I was starting to sing that old Johnny Cash too. I've been everywhere. <laughs> but this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now at this point in my life, David. And... Um, I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more excited because it's not about me. It's about the future. And the last thing I will say that I also share with young people, Rick, we are all powerless and powerful at the same time. Powerless, meaning we cannot change the past, but powerful because we can't create the future. I love it. Of course, I know. I, I love all that. But let's go back to the fourth quarter. I'm glad you're a fourth quarter guy. It's not where you start. It's how you finish. Okay. On and off the court or any of the game of life. But also, you know, about empowering people and getting them to believe in an opportunity. You know, Venus and Serena, you know, as they got older, they always said, we expected to be number one. We were almost brainwashed to be number one. Mm. You know, this empowerment if you have all the goods also, mm -hmm. uh, to take you places you have no idea. Mm -hmm. And all that being said, I'm going to back the truck up a little bit. When you were 27 years old, homeless, mm -hmm. sleeping on the floor, mm -hmm. public bathroom, share the story with everybody out there. Because this blew me away. Uh, and it was it's truly amazing. Mm. Well, first of all, let, let me say this, man. Uh, again, honored 
to be with both of you today. But let's go back a little bit further. You mentioned 27 years old. Let's go back to being 14 and 15, just for a second. Oh, first quarter. I was in the second quarter. We'll go back. <laughs> all the starts, Rick, it all starts. The fourth quarter started three quarters ago. You got it. But I will never forget. I mentioned uh, hearing President Kennedy's inauguration speech, 1961. In 1968, David, I heard Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speak. As a matter of fact, it was the last speech he ever gave in his life. He was assassinated the very next day. And he was speaking to a group of municipal employees, garbage men, down in Memphis, Tennessee. And his message to those men that night was, whatever you're going to do with your life, you should seek to become the best at it. And I believe his exact words, Rick, were, if you're going to be a garbage man, you should seek to become the best garbage man and sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. And right there, man, that was the second quarter. I made the second most important decision I ever made in my life, which was I'm going to become world class at whatever I do with my life. Not good at it, not pretty good at it, but world class at it. And that started at 14 years of age. And yet at 27, you, you weren't where you wanted to be. I was not there, but the first time I walked onto the floor of the stock exchange, I knew. Whoa, man, David, the ticket tape is rolling, the phones are ringing off the hook, people are screaming and shouting out orders, bodies are flying all over the place. And what looked like chaos to somebody else for me, it was You're like, calm. A, sheet, a sheet of music. Yeah. I could feel it. Rick, it was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. They were, they were blitzing you. You were the quarterback yeah, and you are out there chilling. where I'm supposed to be, right? And I've got to tell you, I still have that feeling right now. Um, and I get that feeling more and more. I got to tell you, when you spend time with these young people in these public schools all across the country, and you can explain something to them. Wait a minute, this whole idea of the American dream. Let me talk just a little bit about that because those words have become politicized for some people, American dream. Well, you know what? When I talk about the American dream, David, I'm talking about it in reference to the definition given to me by my mother who said to me, son, you can do or be anything. That's the definition I'm coming from. And to share with these young people and they ask, is the American dream still possible? My response is always yes. I'm living it every day, but it's changed. And Rick, the biggest change is because of globalization and technology, the American dream has gone global. And I'm stressing to young people that the people you're competing with now are not in your classroom. Because of globalization and technology, the people that you're competing with right now are someplace all around the world. And while you are off being young, enjoying yourselves as you are perfectly entitled to do, you gotta know this, the people that you're competing with are someplace grinding. They're studying, they're practicing, they're networking, they're rehearsing, they're researching, and that's going to make the difference again, David, between who signs the front of the check and who signs the back of the check. There it is right there. That's going to make the difference between who comes to the meeting and who calls the meeting. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Huh? That's I, I, will, 
I will tell you one nuance when I when I left your football sized uh, deck out there at the biggest tower in Chicago, thinking you can do whatever you believe you can do because there is no better place you ever need a house sitter. Meltzer, Meltzer wow. and Macy are there. Uh, I'll be sitting on the deck in Chicago looking over the the water. But uh, wow. it, it is true that all those kids need to know another thing that you talk about when it comes to putting in their best and learning lessons and having fun, all three of those things, their job that they're going to have five years from now, those kids, it does not exist today. And that's a difference between all three of us, all three of what we did coming out of school, it already existed. Mm -hmm. It was there for years before us and was going to be there. Now today, these kids have to not only compete at a global level, but they have to compete for a job that doesn't even exist today. Mm-hmm. How do you help keep that type of imagination to exceed their expectation of technology? I tell them simply, this is the time to do school like a boss. B-O-S-S. You've got to be bold, opportunistic, strategic, and straight. Bold. Some of the biggest bosses in any business or industry that you can think of at some point said, I need help. That's a bold admission. Opportunistic. The space we've been in the last few years, having to learn remotely. Well, guess what? One day you may have to work remotely. But before you can work remotely, Rick, you're going to have to interview remotely. You're going to have to network remotely. You're going to have to compete for that internship remotely. This has been an opportunity to master the new soft skills, David, that you got to show just to get in the game strategic keep your focus on your long game we are playing chess not checkers you just said it. that job that you're going to be doing in five years it doesn't even exist yet and straight i can't stress that enough i will not allow myself to be distracted but most importantly i will not allow myself to be a distraction to myself So you do school like a boss now. You're set for that five years. Matter of fact, you can create your own job. And sign sign the front of the check. Rick Macy, bring us home because this man's time is valuable. Uh, Bring us home. Now, listen, Chris, you know, what are you doing with these kids? Mm -hmm. It's a whole different, you know, uh, view coming from you opposed to maybe mom and dad. Or the school teacher. The school teacher has their agenda. The mom and dad, you know, their heart's in the right place. Their love's in the right place. But coming from you, been there, done that. Okay, believe me, I know how much one word or one speech that I give. You know, I get kids to move mountains. I get them to believe. I get them to do things they've never done. And that's nothing to do with tennis. They get better grades. They get off drugs. They treat people better. They make their bed. And I'm not telling them to do that. It's all these other intangibles involved in the teaching. So what you're doing and the platform, and that's the biggest thing, David. He's taken what he has to help others. Okay. And that's when I read the common threads. I read it close because you're near my heart. Well, let me give you a common thread before you guys go anywhere. One of the things I learned about speaking with young people, it helps, David, if you speak their language. You can say a whole lot of words, but sometimes it helps if you speak the native tongue. And I always share with them a conversation I had with my favorite rapper, the Notorious B.I.G. We were talking about struggle. And out of nowhere, Biggie says, 
we got to go forward through the fire, through the pain, baby steps in the rain. While all about you being the same, be the player, not the game. I'm out of here. Dave oh, <laughs> said life, the CEO of happiness, one of my mentors and heroes, along with Rick Macy. What a triad of success. Unbelievable. Blow your mind. My two, who would ever think these are the two best rappers I know? But it's true. One last thing. Reluca's rappers without contracts. Rick, we gotta work on that. No, listen, to be continued at a school near you. To be continued at a school near you. One last thing, Reluca's in the comments sending her love to her favorite celebrity that she's ever met, the incredible Chris Gardner. Reluca sends her love. Oh, baby. Thank All you. All right. Game, Thank set, you. life, everyone. The incredible Chris Gardner. Check him out. Let's support him. Uh, reach out. He, we need more of his wisdom. Thanks for joining us on Game, Set, Life. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Ricky. See you soon, baby. All I right. hate it. Love you, man. <laughs> love um, you, too. Thank you for your time. He has honored us uh, once again. Rick Macy, what's your takeaway from this incredible episode of Game Set Life? Once again, I evaluate talent for a living. And so you could see I did the common threads a little different. But how crazy was that? The sharecropper, the movies, Will Smith. Okay, there's so many, comp the mom. I mean, there's so many common threads. But when I read everything about him and watched YouTube, uh, I just, I told my daughter, Ginger, I, I got to read this. I'm keeping this near my heart because this guy, this serves a special edition. Uh, what a unique, amazing individual. Uh, I was blown away by his story. Yeah, it's no accident that they made the movie about you and made the movie about Chris Gardner. Uh, this is just, you know, the the amount of impact that you two guys have, the Hall of Famers that you are, and you could do anything and yet both of you spend seven days a week pouring in to other people, especially kids. Uh, and I just want to, on this uh, freedom celebration, uh, give you my greatest gratitude. Because to me, that's the biggest takeaway. Is it's one thing to be the guy to sign the front of the check like you are, like Chris and I am myself. But it's another to be that guy, but only concern yourself with empowering others to do the same, to take advantage of the opportunities, options, touches of favor that this great country of ours gives us both. You and I, we may not have had the sharecropping experience, but we certainly had the Ohio upbringing uh, and parents who poured into us in a community of people that learn to do their best, learn lessons and have fun every single day. Two of the most consistent people in the world is Mel Macy and Meltzer. Game, set, life. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Rick, I look forward to seeing you next week. You got it. Have a great 4th of July. I love it. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. Big right arm for you. Thank you. The incredible Rick Macy, everyone. Hall of Famer. Number one in my playbook and number one in my heart. Check out the tennis. Uh, Rick Macy Tennis Academy and everything the man does. His uh, content is all over the biggest news and uh, online and social uh, I learn something every day. He gives me my own custom content creation as well, which is a blessing in itself. I would remind everyone, uh, we're all here to be of service and of value. And if I can be of service or of value, if you want one of my books, I'll sign it, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. I'm no Chris Gardner, but I'm impacting millions myself. David at dmelzer.com or info at rickmacy.com. 
But most importantly, enjoy your holiday. Be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. We'll see you next week. It's Game Set Life. Hit it, Nick.